Welcome to the Living Rock Podcast. Great. So you might have picked up some of the things that we've talked about already as we've been looking at the book of Ephesians. Um, I'm going to talk specifically today. If you remember down here, he talked about being filled with the Spirit and how that leads to singing. And we're going to look at that today. So um, feel free to put the lights on, Andrew. Yeah. Hi, everybody. Hi. Um, We're going to look at Ephesians chapter 5, verses 18 to 20 today. Um, So if you have a Bible, please turn there. It's always good to look in our Bibles when we're reading the verses, not just looking up on a screen. Um, So grab your Bible, Ephesians chapter 5. Now, having said that, we do have the words on the screen if you don't have a Bible. (laughs) Um, So Ephesians chapter 5, and we're going to start in verse 18. Um, Paul is talking about what it looks like to be um, a child of the light. That's kind of like the phrase he uses. Um, so this, this new person, this new creation, what Jesus has done now that we're, we're people that live in the light. And he talks about all of that. And then he finishes that little section by saying this. Uh, verse 18, it says, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Has anybody heard those phrases before? Yeah, so that phrase, singing psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, that's like a little trio of types of singing or types of songs. You might have heard that. Um, the The message version uh, talks about it like this. Uh, Sing hymns instead of drinking songs. Classic message. (laughs) Sing songs from your heart to Christ. Sing praises over everything. Any excuse for a song to God the Father in the name of our Master Jesus Christ. Um, When Paul writes his letter to the Colossians, he has this parallel, a few verses that are like the parallel. So Colossians 3, 16 and let the message about Christ and all its riches fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. So it's, it's almost the same instruction that he's given the church in the, the Ephesians church as he gives the, uh, the Colossians uh, church. Now, we're going to look at some key phrases from these verses, which we've got on the next screen. Thank you. Hopefully you can see those colors. So we're going to look at what it means to be filled with this Holy Spirit the difference between psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. I don't know whether you've ever thought about that, but the differences between them. And we're going to talk about giving thanks. And later on, there will be a chance to use your balloon. I know everybody's chomping at the bit to do something with the balloon. Hold off, we will do it later. Okay, so first off, we'll talk about what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So he says, don't be drunk with wine. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, on your tables, I'd like you to take two minutes to chat together. And I've got some questions for you to think about, okay? So the questions are, what do you think it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Is it something that just happens once? And what does someone who's spirit-filled look like? Okay, so there's three questions. You've got two minutes. Have a chat. Kids, get involved as well. Tell us what you think. We've got some questions on the screen, Lorne, if you want to put those up to remind you. There you go. What does it mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Is it something that just happens once? What does someone who's spirit-filled look like? Discuss. So, 
let's have a, a couple of people shout out. Um, let's let's go this one. What what does someone who's spirit filled look like? Shout some stuff out. If if someone who's spirit filled, what do you think they look like? What are their characteristics? Happy. Yes, I think so. Happy. Who, whoever said it? Somebody over here. Several people said happy. Anything else? John Longfield. <laughs> wow. John. Spirit-filled John. Yeah. Okay. They always have a smile on their face. Yeah, I think that's probably true. Yeah. Well, come on. Oh, yeah, go on. Somebody over here. What does it look like to be spirit-filled? Ollie. Come on, Ollie. Give it to us, Ollie. To be one with Christ. Oh, Ollie, that's good. To be one with Christ. Yeah. And um, by the way, if you've seen one of these on your table, feel free to colour. <laughs> I spent a long time finding outlined images so that people could colour them in. So please do colour your sheets in, uh, particularly the kids. Um, yeah. So Paul starts off. He says, "He says, don't be drunk with wine, because it ruins your life." but instead be filled with the Spirit. So he's making this comparison between being filled with wine or filled with alcohol and filled with the Spirit. Um, somebody might want to fill themselves with wine or alcohol because they might think it's going to help their problems. They might think it's going to bring them joy or happiness. It might put a smile on their face. They might feel peace or courage or strength. These are all the things that the Holy Spirit does. And the Holy Spirit is much better at giving us those things than anything else. So Paul's encouragement to the church is don't, don't do kind of what you've always done and just turn to alcohol, turn to anything else that tries to satisfy your life. But look, the Holy Spirit has come and he can fill you with joy and happiness and peace. Um, that when we are saved, when we give our lives to Jesus, there is that initial filling of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that we call on the name of the Lord and he fills us with his spirit. And then when we are baptized in the Spirit, there's, that, there's another event where, if you like, the, the power of the Holy Spirit is released in our lives. And very often we speak in tongues. And that's like, a, it's like an outpouring or an overflow of the person of the Holy Spirit in our lives. But Paul is saying to, to be filled, and I read that as to continue to be filled. So you might think, well, how can I, how can I still be filled with something that's already in me? But clearly there's like, we go through things in life where we always need the Holy Spirit to keep filling us. Fill us, Lord, with more of your joy, more of your peace. I'm going through something. I need more of your peace today. I need your courage today. The things that the Holy Spirit gives us. It talks in the Bible about the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. They are all fruits that can develop in our lives. It's not like we get saved and immediately we're the perfect spiritual human beings like there's a process to it and so we can grow more in the holy spirit so the holy spirit can continually fill us and as the the video said one of the things that happens when we're spirit filled is it brings out of us a praise to god that's one of the things that happens and so paul's saying to, to the to the church in uh, in ephesus listen don't be drunk with wine be filled with the spirit and start singing okay does anybody love to sing a few people, good. Does anybody hate singing? Yeah, a few people, maybe. That's okay. Does anybody sing in the shower? Yeah. Everybody sounds great in the shower when no one's listening. 
Um, in our life group this week, we played a little game like, what would be your karaoke song of choice if you had to choose one? There were some interesting, uh, interesting uh, offers there. <laughs> but Paul talks about singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. So we're going to look at those three. What are the differences? The first one is he says this, uh, before the Holy Spirit, singing psalms. So on your tables again, two minutes, I've got some questions for you. So question number one, what is a psalm? And question number two, what do you know about the psalms in the Bible? Okay, so have a think. What is a psalm? You might have heard that word before. If you've never heard the word psalm, that's fine. You can ask everyone else on your table. But what is a psalm and what do you know about the psalms that are in the Bible? Okay, so again, let's have some people shout out. Uh, Who can tell me what is a psalm? Uh, Okay, lots of nominations for Esther. Esther, what is a psalm? A sacred, it says, uh, a sacred sacred song or hymn. Okay, Google says a sacred song or hymn. (laughs) It's okay, hey. It's fine, it's great, yeah. I mean, we're open to more suggestions. Somebody else, what's a psalm? How would you describe what a psalm is? A poetic prayer or song, nice. Okay, and what is, sorry, um, some, some things that you know about the Psalms in the Bible. Does anybody know how many there are? 150. Yeah. So that's a lot, isn't it? Where, roughly whereabouts in your Bible is the book of Psalms? It's kind of in the middle. If you turn to the middle, you're probably going to land in the Psalms because it's a big book. Um, does anybody know who wrote the Psalms? Okay, got lots of nominations for David, but what was that, Susan? Lots of different people. Ah, Absolutely. So the Psalms, out of Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, the Psalms are probably the easiest to define. Um, It it is a book in the Bible, the Psalms, 150 of them. It's a collection of songs and poems that are written by multiple people, not just David, although he did write a lot of them. But the key is this, that they were all written under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Okay? So people wrote the Psalms under the influence of the Holy Spirit. There's a reason it's in the Bible. Everything in the Bible was written, influenced by the Holy Spirit, because the Bible is the word of God. It's God breathed. Uh, Feel free to flick through the Psalms as we talk, and you just get an idea of the kinds of things that they're written about. Some of the Psalms are happy. Some of the Psalms are really not happy at all, and they're quite, you know, I am about to die type things, pretty serious. Um, here's the thing, the, the church can still sing psalms today. Um, last week we sang a song, and I think Steve's going to play this for us actually. We sang a song last week called um, You Have Made Me Glad. It was a great song. God is, God is jumping around and dancing. Um, but I think I said last week that you have made me glad is taken straight from Psalm 92. Um, Now, I've got the words from Psalm 92 to show on the screen. And we're going to listen to the song and just see how it relates to Psalm 92. So feel free, uh, Steve, to play it for us. Nice. It's like karaoke, isn't it? (laughs) But you see, it's it's a psalm, but but we sung it last week in, in a song. Um, there's some other songs that we sing which are almost pulled directly from the Psalms. I've got another example. We're not going to listen to it. But the song, uh, How Great Is Our God, 
Um, if you look down the left-hand side, we've got the, the lyrics of the song. Uh, the splendor of the king, clothed in majesty. That's taken from Psalm 104, verse 1. Uh, a bit further down, he wraps himself in light, darkness tries to hide. Psalm 104, verse 2. Uh, all through the song, you've got these references to different bits of scripture. Many of them are Psalms. The next um, slide as well, Lorna, just shows the next half of the, of the song. Time is in his hands. Uh, Psalm 31, verse 15. My times are in your hand. That's what the psalmist says. So, the Psalms is, is, um, is this collection of, of songs and hymns which were written by people inspired by the Holy Spirit, but they're useful to the church. Um, Paul was writing the, the letter in Ephesians to um, the Christians that were in Ephesus, many of whom were not Jews. That wasn't their background. Many of them were Greek or Gentiles, not Jews. Um, the, the Jewish people would have grown up with the tradition of singing psalms. Um, it would have been a way that they reminded themselves of what God had done for God's people, the Israelites, etc. Psalms were written and, and the, the Jewish people would have had this tradition where they grew up and they got around in, in families or circles and they sung the psalms. And so Paul is saying, listen guys, like you can also sing psalms. They are also useful for you. Just because you're not Jews, does, it means you can still sing the Psalms. Um, that word Psalms in uh, Ephesians 5, 18 or 19, whatever it was, um, pretty much literally translates to the book of Psalms. And uh, so Paul is encouraging the church to maintain this um, tradition or this continued response to God by singing these songs that remind them of what God has done. So a little definition for you. Um, psalms, I mean, many, many people already said this, so this is great. Uh, songs or poems written by Old Testament authors, inspired by the Holy Spirit, recorded in our Bibles for the church to use in worship to God. Okay, they are still useful for us. We can still sing them. Let's move on to hymns. So again, around tables, two minutes, questions. What is a hymn? Can you name some hymns? And if so, what are those hymns about? Uh, is there a difference between a hymn and a song? Um, and what feeling do you get from singing a hymn? If you can describe that, okay? Two minutes, discuss. Okay, let's have some, uh, let's have some brave people. So, uh, so here's a question. D could anybody name a, a, name a hymn? that they've maybe sung once or twice in their life. Adam. All things bright and beautiful, creatures great as well. Yeah, nice. Anyone else? Great is your faith. Is that the same as great is thy faithfulness? Yeah, nice. I know that one. I know that one. <laughs> great is thy faithfulness. Yes. Amazing grace. Yeah, how sweet this sound. Lovely. Okay, so we can, we can probably, how great thou art. Yeah. We can probably remember some hymns. Um, if you grew up in church from uh, probably any length of time ago, you might have grown up singing some hymns. Um, you might have uh, once in your life sat in some pews maybe, and on the back of the pew in front of you is maybe like a hymn book, like the ones up there. Um, big, chunky things that you could probably knock someone out with if you really wanted to. Um, so... But when Paul talks about singing hymns, is he referring to a, a red leather-bound book in the back of a pew? Probably not. 
There's a musical definition of a hing, um, and it's, it's a song that has a very specific structure of verses and refrains. Um, remember that Paul is writing to these, uh, to these Greek Christians or these Gentile Christians. They're not Jews. Um, so the Psalms were not something they grew up in the tradition of singing, but they may have been more familiar with the concept of a hymn. Um, hymns were used at the time by pagan cultures to uh, eulogize or to pay tribute to their gods, lowercase g, plural, gods. And so Christians would also use hymns to exalt the name of Jesus. Um, I don't know if you caught this, but in the video we watched at the beginning, there's this little phrase that he said. He said, um, the Ephesus was described as the epicenter of worship for most of the Greek and Roman gods. Now, I don't know how many gods the Greeks and the Romans had, probably a lot. Um, but Ephesus was this place where people would come and they would worship their gods. One of the ways that they would do that is through hymns. Hymns were these things that they would um, recite or they would sing or say that talked about who their gods were. And so Paul's saying to these Christians that you can use hymns um, to help you worship Jesus, to help you talk about who Jesus is, who God is, to, um, uh, what have I put here? Uh, yeah, no, ignore that. Um, hymns, unlike Psalms, are not written by divine inspiration of the Holy Spirit, but hymns that we should sing can be filmed with scriptural truth and sound doctrine. Now, you might recall singing Great is Thy Faithfulness, and you might think, wow, there's a lot of truth in that song, or um, How Great Thou Art, or All Things Bright and Beautiful, whatever. Hymns very often are very scriptural, very doctrinal. There's a lot of truth in them. Um, they're a fantastic outlet for doctrine to be recited and proclaimed, um, things like declaring the holiness of God or the fact that God is Trinitarian. It's quite a hard thing to describe, but there's hymns that do that. <laughs> um, these truths of God are unchanging. They're revealed through the Bible and they can and they should be passed down from generation to generation um, to ensure that we are all praising God in spirit and in truth, there's an importance in that all the generations praise God and they know the truth about God. That's one of the great things that hymns do. Is they help all generations understand the truth about God. Um, you read in Matthew uh, 26.30 that Jesus and his disciples, they sang a hymn after the Last Supper. Before they went off and Jesus was then crucified, it says that they finished the dinner and they sung a hymn together and then they left. So hymns... Here we go, songs that are filled with scriptural truth and sound doctrine that help us to worship God from generation to generation. I think that's really important. All the generations declaring the truth about God. Now, before we do the next one, everybody stand up. We're going to have a little shake out. Move your feet around, move your arms around. Spin around if you want. Lovely. Great, thank you. Sit down. <laughs> okay. So we talked about psalms. We talked about hymns. We talk about spiritual songs, okay? So, uh, spiritual songs. I've got some questions for you on tables again. So, two minutes. What is a spiritual song? Uh, what makes a song spiritual? Can you think of any examples of spiritual songs? So, this one might be a bit more tricky. Psalms, easy to talk about. Hymns, pretty easy to talk about. Spiritual songs, a little bit more, you know, spiritual. <laughs> 
So have a chat, ask around, see if anybody knows the answers. Two minutes. Okay, let's pause it there. I'm going to come to Sharon in a minute because I overheard something really good coming out of Sharon's mouth. But before I go to Sharon, does that, has anybody got a suggestion of what, what's a spiritual song? What makes a song spiritual? Something over here. No? Do you want to whisper it to me? Okay. We'll go, we'll go somewhere. Someone over here? Pete had a good answer. Come on, Pete. It was singing in the moment. Singing in the moment. Thank you, Pete. Well done on the spot. <laughs> Personal. Sharon, did you want to... What you said sounded really good, so I thought you should probably have a microphone. So um, I just Googled... I didn't Google it, but I've gone on to Bible Hub. I don't know if anyone uses Bible Hub app. It's very helpful. But it, it gives... Um, you can look up the Greek word for this. So the Greek word for song. Um, it looks exactly like our word ode, as in... An ode to someone or ode to joy. But I really like this. Um, it's as helpful. It says, this word is used of spontaneous, impromptu, unrehearsed melodies of praise, not merely sung about or for God, but to God from a spirit-filled heart. Spirit-inspired songs minister to God and encourage others, giving testimony about the living God to other worshippers. That's good, Sharon, slash Bible Hub. Great. Yeah, that's really good. So, so we are spiritual beings, and when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, there's, there's a song that can come from us that is a response to God. Um, there's, you know, we can sing the Psalms, which are um, recounting the things that God did for his church, his people. We can sing hymns, which are doctrinal and, and truth and all of that. We pass it down. But then there's this, there's this other kind of song that can come from us as a spiritual song, a spiritual response to, to God and who he is and what he's done in our lives and what we're, what we're calling on him to do as well. Um, you could put it like this. A psalm is the word of God. A hymn is the truth about God. And a spiritual song is a response to God. Okay, psalm, word of God, hymn, truth about God, spiritual song, response to God. So spiritual song is very much, it's, it's us, it's us spiritual people responding to God. Um, spiritual songs are very often very personal to either us as individuals or us as communities. Um, sometimes you hear, and we're going to do this today, we're going to write a song. Sometimes you get songs that, that churches write for their people because they are either expressing their thanks to God for doing something amongst them or they're looking to God for something um, specific to them. And that's a spiritual song. It comes from uh, individuals or from communities. Um, the beauty of a spiritual song is that we're able to bring our individual and collective experiences to God that can include questions and fears, but also hopes, stories of rescue, joys, etc. So, um, definition for spiritual song I've got, I mean, Sharon's was very good, but I've put um, songs that reflect the heartbeat of the individual or the community. They have a personal element to them, they can be declarative, they can be prophetic, they are authentic, okay? Um, so, 
Paul has these phrases. He's be filled with the Spirit, singing psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, all these kinds of songs that come because we are filled with the Spirit. That's a re- it's our response to God. And then he says um, this phrase, um, do that among yourselves. And there can and there should be a very corporate nature to our singing. Um, not just sort of turning up on a Sunday and, and sitting in a line and somebody next to you also happens to be singing the same words that you're singing. Not quite like that, not karaoke, but there's something about this corporate response to God that's spirit-filled. Um, this phrase, among yourselves, implies that the spirit-filled community, not just individuals, has a sound or, or a song that can rise from inside of them. Um, <laughs> they sing from the same song sheet. Uh, that, you know that phrase, singing off the same song sheet. Um, but we can. We can sing from the same song sheet because God does things in all of our lives and we can share in those experiences together. Um, shared breakthroughs. You know, maybe we hear a testimony one morning, but because it's from us, we all can respond to that testimony as if it's our testimony because it's God has done something in our community with my brother or my sister and so I can also sing off the same song sheet as then in saying thank you God. Um, okay, so the last little phrase, it says this, and give thanks. Um, I spoke about thankfulness a while ago, so I'm not going to go too deep into this. Um, however, I do have some more questions for you. So, on your tables. Um, why is giving thanks important? Can we give thanks in all circumstances, good and bad? Is that possible? And what does giving thanks do inside of us? Okay, three questions, have a chat, off you go. Okay, so some, somebody tell me, why is it important to give thanks? Woody. It reminds us of the good things God has done to us and for us in our lives. Yes. Can we give thanks in all circumstances? Yes. Okay. Is it always easy? <laughs> no. But we can do it. We can do it. And it's important that we do it. Um, what does giving thanks do inside of us? Say again. It builds faith. Yes. Anything else? Reminds you who you belong to. That's good. Anybody else? Adam. It changes your mindset. Absolutely. There's something about um, adopting this posture of thanksgiving that changes us. It's, a, it's an instruction from God, isn't it? Give thanks. Paul's instructing the Ephesians, give thanks. Um, even if things are not going well, still give thanks because the person that you're giving thanks to, he does not change. He's unchanging. He's the consistent God. He is always good. We know that about God. So we can always give thanks to him. Um, a person with a thankful heart is a person who they sing to the Lord from their soul. Put it like that. Put that. You sing from your soul. A person with a thankful heart, they might be content regardless of their, their situation, but they might have this content, con, 
contentness, contentedness. Thank you. Um, I believe that a person who's a thankful person will experience peace. Even if it's a difficult time, you can still experience peace because of thankfulness. Um, Thankfulness is a posture of our hearts. And when we are thankful, other areas of our lives start to line up with God's will. Now, we're going to do something now. Um, If you've not destroyed this, uh, there is a space at the bottom with three lines where you can write three things that you are thankful for. If you don't have one of these, there's other bits of paper on the table, there's pens on the table, feel free to write. Now, what I'd like us to do is we're going to write a song this morning that's a spiritual song that is ours, and it's going to include some things that we're thankful for. Okay? Now, because of time, and there's about 50 people, it's not going to be 50 verses. It might not even be 50 lines long. So what I'd like you to do is, is have a think about some things that you personally are thankful to God for. But then also, um, maybe on your tables, if there's like one thing that your table could say, we are thankful for this. I want you to write it on um, the, the A3 sheet of paper, the big one. So we can see, okay? So uh, this table here might say, do you know what? We are all really thankful for our children. So you might write children, okay? Or another table might be thankful for provision. So you might write that, okay? So um, take a couple of minutes and just have a think. And the balloon thing will happen very soon as well, okay? So have a think. Three things that I'm thankful for personally things that God has done in my life. They might be testimonies. And then also, as a table, what is something that we collectively can say thank you to God for? Okay, so have a little think about that. So kids as well, anybody who's under the age of, I don't know, what's a kid? Under 16? Under 14? Under 12? If, if you're... If you're Shorter than this. <laughs> Have a think. What what has God done for you? He might he might help you feel happy. He might help you feel confident at school. He might give you boldness. He might he might have given you friends. He might have healed you. So have a little think. What are the things that God has done? The thing is, because God is good. He's always doing good things. And so if we think hard enough, <laughs> we will have some things, good things that he's done for us, okay? Okay, so most tables have got something they're thankful for, which is good. We're going to hold those up in a second. Um, let me, uh, we're going to do, do two things at the same time. Well, no, first, whoa. First off, um, the balloons. Let's explain the balloons. Now, when I was thinking about what we could do today, I had this picture. Now, I just went with it because I thought this might be really cool. It might not work, but I think it will work. What I'd like you to do, so hopefully most people have their own balloon. The three things that you've written down, if you could choose just one of them, 
this morning to say, do you know what? I'm really thankful for X, my, my house, whatever, my, my child. If you can think of one thing, what I like to do is blow up your balloon, tie it in a knot so that it doesn't fly away, and then write that word onto the balloon. Now, there's a marker pen on each table. It is permanent. So before you hand it out to all the kids and they draw on their face, you might want to supervise that activity. Okay? So blow up your balloon and write on, write on there one thing that you're thankful for. And then once you've done it, I want you to hold on to it. Okay? We'll use them shortly. Whilst, oh, this is, there's, there's some big balloons here. You can do it, Susan. Big breath. <gasps> now, whilst, whilst we are doing this, I've got another um, video that I'd like us to watch. Okay. Are you guys almost ready for the next video? Yeah, okay, cool. So, if you're able to listen whilst blowing a balloon, that'd be great. Um, Whilst I was looking at singing and songs, I came across a really interesting article that talks about what singing does to us, okay? Not a Christian thing, just written by someone who's done research of all the, uh, all the things that singing does to us as people. I want to read you um, some of these things because it's really, really interesting, Okay. So they found that singing releases endorphins, serotonin, and dopamine. Those three things, you can call them the happy chemicals in your brain, okay? When you do something that makes you happy, those chemicals are released. So singing releases these happy chemicals. Singing introduces more oxygen in your blood, which leads to better circulation and it gives you a better mood. More oxygen in your blood makes you feel better. Singing reduces stress. Singing increases relaxation. Singing improves mental alertness, memory, and concentration. Singing helps with pain relief. Singing boosts confidence. Singing boosts your immune system. Singing enhances your memory. And when done in a group, collectively, just like we do every single week, singing builds bonds and connections with those that you sing with. You might know that people that are in a choir love being in a choir. Why? Because singing does something when you do it together that bonds you. And guess what? Singing is this thing designed by God. I think he knew that all of these things would benefit us when he said, I'm going to make them to be a people that should sing. Now, I've got a little example of this. This is a guy called Jacob Collier. Does anybody know that name? Okay, he's fantastic. He plays every instrument known to man, and he does these amazing concerts. One of the things he does in his concerts is he turns the audience into a giant choir, okay? Ah, I've seen that. Right, so he's not a Christian. However, everybody that goes to his concert loves the concert. And they love it because they are participants in this 
big singing thing. That's, that's one of the reasons they go to his concerts, okay? So we're going to play this video. I want you to see like how it feels when people sing together. As you're doing that, feel free to finish off your balloon or your table's thankfulness thing if you've not done that yet. But uh, here's Jacob Collier and his choir. Great, it's good, isn't it? Don't people sound good? <laughs> they, they, they're not a professional choir, that's just a room full of people, but they, there's this ability in us to sound really good when we sing together. So, what I'd like is for the tables, you guys write your word on your A3 sheet. Has everybody written a word on A3 that those, their table is thankful for? Most table has. So, uh, I'm going to count to, I'm just gauging how quickly Steve's going to write. I'm going to count to five. And after five, I want you to hold your, hold your A3 sheet up so we can look around the room and see what we're thankful for, okay? So one, two, three, four, five. Okay, family, 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 church family. And these guys also said family. So that's nice. <laughs> Um, it makes the lyrics of my song quite limited, I'll be honest. Now, the good thing is, I've pre-written a song that I thought would contain words that we would say. Family is like line one, so we're good. Um, so, there's a song which I wrote last night that we're going to sing this morning. As we do this, I want you to stand and hold your balloon, okay? What I want you to do, and kids will be great at this, just like what's going on over there, is to bash your balloon around the room... And I want you to grab other people's balloons and have a look at the thing that they're thankful for, okay? Because I'd like us to see all of the different things that people in this room are thankful for as we sing a spiritual song of thanks in the room. Does that make sense? Get your balloon, bang it to somebody else, catch it, have a look, pass it on. And we're going to um, attempt to do that whilst learning a new song. Great. <laughs> okay, this could get chaotic, but it's fine. Feel free to stand up. So, um, so this is the this is the words of the song. Okay, I think we've got them up on the screen. So it says this: Thank you, Lord, for our families. Thank you for our sons and daughters. Thank you for our brothers and sisters. That could be church as well as as um, siblings. Thank you, Lord, for it all. And then the chorus is this: We thank you, Lord, for you are always good to us. We praise your name, the only name above all other names. Jesus, Savior, Healer, Provider, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. And then the next verse is this. Thank you, Lord, for your healing. Thank you for abundant blessing. Thank you, Lord, for providing. Thank you, Lord, for it all, okay? I'd like to think there are all things that we can be thankful for this morning. Pretty relatable to most of us. So we're going to sing it, and this is how it goes. Thank you, Lord, for our families. Thank you for our sons and daughters. Thank you for our brothers and sisters. Thank you, Lord, for it all. We thank you. We thank you, Lord, for you are always good to us. We praise your name, the only name above all other names. 
Jesus, Savior, Healer, Provider, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Verse 1. Here we go. Thank you, Lord, for our families. Thank you for our sons and daughters. Thank you for our brothers and sisters. Thank you, Lord, for it all. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. For you are always good to us. We praise your name, the only name above all other names. Jesus, Savior, Healer, Provider, we thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your healing. Thank you for abundant blessing. Thank you, Lord, for providing. Thank you, Lord, for it all. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. For you are always good to us. We praise your name. The only name above all other names, Jesus, Savior, Healer, Provider, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. For us, we thank you. We thank you, Lord. For you are always good to us. We praise your name. The only name above all other names. Jesus, Savior, Healer, Provider, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. There we go. Thanks for joining us today. Search for us online and get information about upcoming events and more great teaching.